So longtime listeners of the show will probably remember Jay Davis, who's been on a number of times. Well, in addition to being a friend and a consulting client, I'm excited to say now that he's also a sponsor of this show. Last year, when I was spending a lot of time at his company's office, he started a new company called Pillow Cube, which is this awesome memory foam rectangle pillow that's tall enough for me to be a side sleeper, but not have to have my head sag down like when I try to fold over my regular pillows. It's really pretty amazing, and for any side sleepers like me, it's great so we don't have to wake up with shoulder pain. On top of that, it's been really fun for me to see him have so much success because it's been selling like crazy. Anyways, if you're a side sleeper, I highly recommend going to pillowcube.com and getting one for yourself. It is so weird. He, we're, We will go to the store and he'll be like, oh, Jim, my best friend from second grade. How you doing? Like, he's just a friend to everyone. And he has that abundant personality. He has vision. I think a lot of people do not have vision. He definitely has vision. He believes in himself. He doesn't take no for an answer. He just figures out a way for it to work. So anytime no comes up, he'll just figure out a way. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Today on the show, we've got Abby Ayers. Abby, thanks for doing this. Of course, yes. So it's it's been fun, this Orphan Myth mini-series. You know, I get a... I get to talk to like interesting people who we don't usually have on the show. And uh, it's it's fun because usually we're having like lots of like entrepreneurs and investment fund managers and, and people like that. But like we just had Aaron Murphy on the show. He's like, I don't know if you know who that is. He's got like 20 million Instagram likes and he's like oh, wow. runs around South America like doing like on the fly charity. It's like it's like yes. adventure, oh adventure gosh, philanthropy. Yes. That guy. He's so yes. funny. Okay. But but for starters, A, I love that you're using your audience to try and shine a light on this cause of, of helping kids. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, of course. But tell us about tell us about your your non-traditional route to to being an influencer <laughs> and, and the work you're doing. It's so funny. So I feel like the influencer life chose me. <laughs> I joke about that. I joke about being insta famous because it's just it is a joke. <laughs> I got a haircut like a year and a half ago and I didn't like it very much because it made me look old and I posted about it on Instagram and it just like blew up and I got a ton of followers and it's been like almost two years actually and people have like usually when you go viral it like spikes and then drops but like people stuck around and I'm like oh what what's up what what are you doing anyway I think I just bring like a a realness to Instagram that was lacking I think it's getting better for sure more people are being authentic and normal on the gram but yeah that's kind of how how I got to where I am and super grateful because it's been a wild ride super fun I get to be on podcasts that I normally would never be on and help other people and just bring love and light to to others all the time. 
Well, it is interesting, you know, I, so I really appreciate the comedy that you bring. Okay. Because we can, we can, that's one thing that you can't have too much of. So to me, like what's interesting is to me, I think about the conversations that I have more and more with CEOs and, and specifically with other senior executives who are more like our dad's age. Okay. And you know, who thought that all social media was only for 13 year old girls. Okay. And, and I get that because I like, I'm not, you know, I check Facebook once a month. I'm like, I'm not a, I use, I use, I'm addicted to LinkedIn because I use it like business email. Okay. But like, you know, other than that, like I'm on, I, I, all I do is trade like snowboarding photos with my two buddies from back home in Canada on Instagram. That's like my only purpose or, you know, right. Or like, like, and so I get where they're coming from, but now I have these, you know, guys in their early sixties coming to me for advice of like, Hey, I realize we, we really need to figure out our social media game because it is such, you know, it's just been recognized as a real way to grow a brand, whether that's nonprofit, yeah. for-profit, re- you know, recruiting for the army, you know, government. <laughs> I know. I, I'm serious. You're it's not just... really taken seriously anymore if you don't have, like, I think that's the first, it's kind of the first line of defense when you're, even when you're dating and you're checking somebody out, like you're going to go and snoop on their social media pages and be like, who, who are you? What are you about? Even with businesses, like if I, you know, it's, it's just like that first line of defense where it's like, what are you about? And it's a quick thing too. Like, it's kind of scary too. Cause I forget that like what is on my page that people can see at, at a moment's notice. And I think businesses recognize that. And it's like, oh man, we have got to put our best foot forward and you can get in this crazy trap where it's like perfection and everything has to be in this like perfect tiny little box and shown the perfect way, which is funny. Cause I think that's changing more and more, but yeah. So it's like an essential thing for any business now. <laughs> well, and it's funny cause it is almost like, it is almost like business dating sometimes, right? <laughs> where you're like, I'm serious. You're like, am I going to spend time? Am I going to investigate? Am I going to, am I going to suffer through their sales rep? Give me their whole spiel. You know what I mean? Like when you're checking and people out online. I would say, what is it called? Customer service, right? Oh yeah. Like, are they going to respond to my DM within a day? Or are they ever going to respond? Do they know what a DM is? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm interested because there there's so much talk about, you know, people using social media to show the like the cardboard cutout version of themselves they wish everybody believed was true. You know? Yes. Right? And Which doesn't sell. Like, and I think people see through it, right? You know, it's, it's interesting because I think if you're like, you know, if you're selling like supplements to guys who want to gain muscles, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There is definitely this, like, it's almost like a car crash. You know how, so analogy I got in, in uh, college, I skipped class. My, my buddy, I was headed to my class. He was caught, talked to him on the quad. He's like, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm going to this film school class this guy who just made a movie with Anne Hathaway is coming to talk to my film class you should skip class and come to mine and like I love movies I'm like okay so it's like me and like (laughs) it's not like an auditorium full of kids it's like me and like 11 film students nobody realizes I'm not in the class and not supposed to be there okay (laughs) but this you're like it's just me today yeah 
But this Mitch Davis guy, he's talking about how like it's actually a really great way to influence the world for good is to make a movie. He's like, in Roman times, people went, you know, for, for social outlets, they went to temple. You know, that's what Romans did. Yeah. And nowadays we do two things. We go to dinner and we go to movies. And other than that, we stay home, which is obviously an oversimplification, but it was pretty true 20 years ago and it's kind of true today. Okay. So yeah. What he said though is- people live. Yeah, people live on social media. That's definitely, I would say most people like check social media every day. It it is a huge portion of the population, right? And, you know, you think about what he said of like, one of the things he said is you have to be an incredibly good writer to write a book like Driving Miss Daisy, where an old black guy drives a grumpy old white lady around and you get people to watch it for two hours and then say it was good. He's like, yeah, you know what you don't have to be a good writer for make a horror movie or like, he's like, when you, when you have a giant car crash, people just can't look away. Like they can't help it. Right. Yeah. They have to see it. It's so true. And so to me, this idea of like, you know, there's like the, the guy with the muscles, that's like the car crash where it's like, is that, is that a real human? Do do people, do, do humans look like that? Right. And yeah, and I think it can suck people in who are like, oh, I wish I had bigger muscles, you know, and then I do think that there's really a place, though, for what about the relatable version? Great. You hooked me in with the car crash, but I'm pretty sure that that guy is like that, like single early 20s dude has no family, no responsibilities. Hence the reason he's at the gym (laughs) nine hours a day. And all of a sudden you, you potentially lose me there where if they have the car crash version, but then they also had some more relatable of like. What about 40 year old dudes with four kids who, who get, who do get above average in shape or something like if that's really my goal, but like, can you bring me a, can you bring me a real part? Can you bring me something relatable as well? Right. Yeah. Um, I think the three things that I like, the three things that I always think about as an influencer are value, love and connection. Like if you, if I can bring value, love and connection it's a home run. But if I can hit one of those three things, then we're golden. Yeah. And I think if more if more companies thought that way, I think they'd find much more success on social media. Yeah. Well, so to me, the other thing that I think is a little bit magic about what you're doing is the guts to be different. You know, everybody wants to be acceptable. Everybody wants to fit in. We have, you know, we have these like, we all have PTSD from going to like kindergarten for the first time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we don't want to be yes. like the only kid who doesn't get picked during recess or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we have these like temptations to round the corners and to, to tamp ourselves down so that we fit in. So we're like everybody else, you know, all these things. Right. But you look at like the real opportunities in life and it, it like business, you don't make money for how much you're like the other guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like maybe, maybe like, if you're like a terrible iPhone maker and you're like, it's almost like an iPhone, but you can afford it. Okay. That's not, that's not an exciting, that's not a high margin role to play. Right. It's right. People make money by being different in a valuable way, not for being almost like somebody else. Do you know what I mean? And so exactly. So I, what I love about your Instagram here, and I think there's a real branding opportunity for others is like, not just the guts to be yourself, but like embracing going the other direction, you know, like, yeah, I, I have a friend. Like how 
far can I push the envelope? Like yeah. how far will people follow me down this rabbit Yeah. <laughs> like I have this friend oh, who said, you it's know, the car crash, people can't look away. Yeah. I have this friend who, this is a funny story. I wonder if she'll listen. She loves, I can't remember. It's like some terrible dessert that has like little things in it that almost look like frog eyes okay and she's like embarrassed to bring it to parties even though it's her favorite dessert of all time okay so we had this conversation once about the advantage of being herself it's like dolly parton said um figure out who you are and be them on purpose okay yeah and so we came up with a saying about like about how she's kind of a freak and she needs to fly her freak flag (laughs) And it needs to be the the frog eyed fleek the frog eyed flag dessert right? to every party for the rest of her life. Okay, well, what's funny to me about this is I'm not surprised that you have garnered a lot of attention by by kind of being in people's face a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love yeah. you know. So th- this one to me is really funny and says something about your personality, the like peach plum pumpkin pie, where you're like, you show this, you show this progression from like the whoever model girl to, you know, to a bigger girl. And then you're putting yourself on there, which so many women do not have the guts to do something like that. Do you mean like you were in a, you were in a tiny majority of women to not just, not just have the guts to put yourself on a swimsuit when you don't look like the model on the far left, but to directly compare yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For fun. Like you owning that so hard. No wonder, no wonder people love that. Like people love confidence. People follow confidence, you know? (laughs) Well, it's fun. It's interesting. You hit on a lot of like interesting points because I've, I've literally gone on this roller coaster for the last almost two years of like, I had a ton of content in the beginning and then you like influencers have to create content daily. Like, I think that's the hardest part about this job. (laughs) It's like the daily grind of like, okay, what is it going to be today? And the, the influencers that like make everything picture perfect. I I cannot imagine what they are going through. Like, Mm. I cannot imagine what their calendar looks like. (laughs) How do you know what you're going to be feeling tomorrow? Like, how can you, it's like a performance, you know, some of them perform and it's like, isn't that exhausting? Isn't it exhausting? And then anyway, it's funny because people will copy you know, people copy each other all the time because they've run out of ideas. So then they just go copy somebody else. And it's hard not to do it, right? When you when you have to come up with something every day. And I found that like, the more I, the less I look at other people and the more I focus on my family and those three pillars, value, love, connection, the authenticity comes just naturally. It's like, I'm taking people along with me through life. (laughs) But doesn't it, I don't don't know how, but. But doesn't it give other people permission to be authentic? When you think about the service that you do for other folks, like again, and I want to take like the for profit takeaway lessons here, right? Is when you give permission for other, when you give permission for other people to be themselves and feel acceptable, just being themselves instead of having a performance. 
that's that's a service. That's a favor. No wonder they're returning to your oh yeah social media over and over because you give them permission <laughs> to be them. And you think about like brands. If if we oh, would embrace if we would embrace what's different harder and like live our own brand harder, it would attract people. Like, you know, well, even just don't even talk about what you're selling. <laughs> like the most successful brands on social media, they talk about what they're selling maybe five to 10% of the time, maybe, right? Like they're not, they're talking about their, you know, their lives and, and connection and things that like, connect them why did you do this why are you selling lingerie like this lingerie brand i swear on my life they just nail it every time they just talk they talk to a person not to like a community they just find the one that's their demographic they figure out who their person is that they you know their perfect demographic and then they talk to her like they are best friends and then every so often they're like hey Buy some lingerie. <laughs> and then they do. Like, and then no, it's like we're friends. It, it's yeah. Okay. Can I also say that I love on your on your thing here that you put commonly mistaken for Megan Fox? Like <laughs> it's great. It's it's so in your face. It's so great. And it's but it shows a confidence to make fun of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, isn't yeah. self-deprecating humor so I mean, look at how it's beloved so look at how beloved Ryan ryan reynolds is yes do you know what i mean like people love him guess what there's a lot of other really good looking actor dudes that my wife probably has a crush on do you know what i mean okay yes but he is constantly being sarcastic and making fun of himself not other people do you know what i mean and it's it's like it's like a magic tractor beam and you look at you look at what that has done for brand value for his gin company, Aviation Gin, or yeah. his, his this cell phone company owns part of Mint Mobile and stuff. Here you and I are giving free advertising for those brands because of him making fun of his own commercials. Himself. You know what I mean? Right? Oh, it's um, the best. It's just, yeah, it's the best. And he is, it's funny because like, if I saw Ryan Reynolds in the street, I would prop, like, I don't approach people you know it's not like I'm like oh can I get a selfie but with Ryan Reynolds it's like I I probably would because I feel like I'm his friend like he would he is approachable because he does that anyone else it's like no way Do you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean like you you feel a connection to him because you are him in a way and yeah I'm I am definitely not the skinny model and I know that and everybody knows that. And so that's okay. And that's okay. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to be that. And that's yeah. okay. And I'm actually really happy with myself. And most people are not skinny yeah. models and don't resonate with that. And so it's like, oh, we have common ground now. We're both fat. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're both well, overweight. We're both, yeah. you know, we're both whatever. And we're, and that's okay. You know. Yeah, it's the permission. It's giving the permission. It It's funny how... Most of us have parts of our lives we're better at owning than others, right? One of them, one of them for me that I've tried to work harder at is like, I'm not that responsible. Like, I don't know if people should like let me be. Nor the, am I. I've been like the Nor CEO of 
investment funds raise like tens of millions of dollars. And I'm like, they really let me be yeah. in charge? Okay, right? You're like, what? Um, and, and so like, I, you know, the people who listen to this show know like one of my jokes because I've said it like a lot of times on the show of like, my co my my co-founders and my employees and people will joke that I'm like the most likely guy on the team to take like a small contract and turn it into a multi-million dollar contract, but then also be the guy who forgot to send the invoice to get paid. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right? So, we all have our strengths. I yeah. know. I'm the same way. And, I'm like, oh and I've like about that little detail. Yeah, like I have major shiny penny syndrome. Like, you know, I'm like the dog from that Pixar movie up, like squirrel, you know, mid, mid conversation. Yeah. Right. I want to do everything. I want to do it all yesterday. And like, I'm great at starting things, you know, and I have like a lot of shame of like not being a finisher, not being someone who can sit still at my desk by myself, not being someone who can like spell or know how grammar works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. But I do find like the harder I can embrace that, I feel like I'm giving permission for other people with ADD or ADHD to go like, I guess maybe it isn't a real disorder. If you can have it and become like multi-billionaire like Richard Branson and, you know, who talks about his dyslexia as an advantage, you know, right? Yeah. Because he couldn't do it all himself. He had to learn how to work with others. And that that gave him the leverage to do these big things because he wasn't trying to do everything himself, you know? Yeah. And it's yes. like... For me, my my attempt is the like, you know, like that I I can get an agreement going with somebody we should never be able to get a joint venture going with, but other people <laughs> better get involved or it's all going to fall apart. You know or, what I mean? Yeah, you can't do it alone. For sure. It's yeah. And I th I think that we as humans are way more alike than we are different. And when we point out the when we po point out the similarities, I feel like there's a lot of judgment. When we point out the differences, there's a lot of connection. That's how I feel. It's like, oh, well, I am good. Like, if I talk to somebody that's really good at accounting, I'm not. Honestly, oh, I yeah. am not good at that. And I am passing that off to somebody else. And guess what? They feel valued because they are a puzzle for me. And I fill a, I fill a hole for them. And it's, there's something special about that. And I think on social media, when we show, I don't think it's always about showing all the bad things either. I, you know, I've seen those accounts where it's all like, I am a hot mess mom and that's all I am. And that's all I'll ever be. That gets exhausting too. It's like, no, no, no. Like <laughs> just show all of it. Just show, just it's, it's life. It's happy. It's sad. It's good. You are a hot mess mom, but you're also a sexy, badass mom too. And you can, you know, do cool things. And so I, I think people think that being authentic means only showing the, the bad side or the, the mistakes, but there is some, it's funny. Cause when you do show those things and then you show a win, everyone roots for you because it's like oh she finally wanted something <laughs> or oh she like I can do something special too I can win too even though I'm having a bad day like I think something that has has always like that keeps me going is always like the messages that are so kind of like oh you helped me today do this that's truly what keeps me going like I remember I had a I had a dm once that was like I am I was literally going to kill myself today. 
but I saw you accomplish something small. It, I don't even remember what it was, but it, it was something super small. And I felt like I could accomplish something small too. And I was like, oh, what the heck? Like, you really don't understand. I, I never understood the power of social media until I got that message. And now I, I never try to take it lightly because I know people are watching. Like, I forget that people are watching me, actually. And it's messages like those that it's like, oh, I'm glad that I showed that win. Or I'm glad that I showed that mistake because I, you really can't, you really, I really am influencing people. I really am showing them, you know, just real life Yeah, and that it's okay to have highs and lows anyway. You know, um, and I want to talk more about orphan myth and I want to talk about how I'm a fanboy of your brother, Spencer Taggart's like one okay. of my heroes. <laughs> So um, we just did it. We just did a, like a live with him about he, do, do you want to know something crazy about him? What? I just went live with him because he confessed something to my entire audience this last week. He washes his hair once a year. Did you know that? <laughs> did you? I don't, I, I don't, had, but now I'm going to text him and tease him about it. I had like literally 30,000 people were like, what you do not you wash your hair one I mean it, it was probably my one of my best lives because he just owns it that he only washes his hair once a year and it's gorgeous and I don't even get it I don't even know how but he does it well he's a he's a marketing phenom business professor and and has naturally great hair so you know yes. thinking about this social media stuff and and the takeaways that entrepreneurs listening or or corporate innovators or people listening could take about it is it is interesting to me so many of the things that you are saying they show up as principles with other people who are winning at this game like i can never endorse him because like every other word is an f word but i, I watch a lot of gary vaynerchuk okay i was gonna say Gary B. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I, I I would not I would not protest if we could have like complete sentences minus 17 F words. Okay. But <laughs> but he his thing of like, you know, you watch his I especially like his keynote speeches and like when those get recorded and put on YouTube, okay? And he gets up in front of like yeah. this room with like, you know, the guy's got however many million followers on this and that and the other thing. And it's worked for him because his you know, a guy owns like six companies and his one media company is doing like $200 million a year. Like he's, he's figured yeah. out how to make money from this. Right. And Pepsi and all these people are coming in begging for advice. Right. And he gets up there and he says, like, sometimes people ask me, aren't I worried about giving all my secrets away that you guys are all going to compete with me because you guys only know about me from social media, which means you probably want to do social media, which means you're probably going to try and compete with me on social media. So why am I up here? teaching you the secrets of how I built this, you know, how I got millions and millions and millions of people to follow me around so that I get multi-billion yeah. dollar companies to give me tens of millions of dollars at a time to teach them what I do, right? Essentially. And he says, the thing is, I'm not worried about you guys. You guys don't scare me. He says, because you're all too selfish. And he says, that's so funny. He says, you guys, you, you claim you want to help somebody and then you just can't help but sneak in your little sales thing at the end. And, yeah. and he says, there's almost, he says, there's basically none of you who are willing to give as much as I am. <laughs> He's like, I yeah. give and give and give and give and give. And then when I have a book to sell, I ask people to buy it. And I don't pretend that I'm giving right then I'm asking and I own that yeah. I'm asking. And then I go back to giving and I give and give and give yeah. and give and give and give and give. 
And it's it's wild because he's he's obviously got a healthy ego and he's got a point of view that sometimes yeah. he thinks is the only point of view. And right. Yeah. And yet he like genuinely tries to reach down and pick people up. And he, you know, guys worth how many, mil- you know, how many tens of millions of dollars personally? He's very famous in his circle and, you know, reaches out to individual individuals who can't do anything for him. 20 year old yeah. entrepreneurs. And he, he tries to do a favor. So for so many people at an individual level that does not scale at all when you've got 8.9 million people following you, right? right? The eight people you called are such a small rounding error. It doesn't matter, except that it does matter. And he has it, a reputation. 100% matters. It's so it's, it's the whole scarcity versus abundance mindset, right? Where it's like, well, I'll do this. If you do this, if, you know, if I give out this much, I'm expecting something in return and it all comes down to just, you know what? Like I'm going to give this because I know it's going to help and serve other people. And if I get something back in return, great. And if not, I'm, I know it's, it's not even, it's like, I know that something will come back. Like it's car. It's almost karma, you know, where it's like, I know that if I give this, I know I'm going to get something back. I'm not sure exactly what sometimes, but yeah, I think there's this so, thing. In the, I love his approach. Yeah. It's like, I know I'm going to get something back yeah. when I ask. It's when like it's that, my turn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that book is true. That Bible book where he says, you're going to harvest what you plant. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one thing. You know? That one thing. It is. It's funny though. When you think about like, because you won't necessarily harvest, harvest it from the person you plant it with though. You know, like we we have people from all sorts of religious backgrounds and atheists and all sorts of people on the show. Right. But I think about this idea of like the golden rule is like it's not do unto others so they'll do it unto you. It's like, do you know what I mean? That's not how it goes. Yeah. If you actually read it, it's oh, like, yeah. you know, treat others the way you would want to be treated. When I was a kid, I thought it was like treat others, treat others this way so they'll treat you that way back. And it doesn't it doesn't always pan out that way. You know, no. And you usually get what you need, you know, you usually get back exactly what you need. Even if, you know, you may think it's the wrong thing or a different thing, but it's usually what you need in your life at that moment, too. That's what I've found. I never in a million years thought that I would ever be in this position. And this leads directly into Ukraine without orphans like this the whole purpose, it's funny. So the night that I went viral, I had a thousand followers. And then the next day I had, you know, seven, the next week I had maybe 20,000. It was, it it was fast. And I just remember thinking if I were standing on a stage or if you Jess, if you were standing on a stage, you walked onto a stage and there were 20,000 people sitting there waiting for you to say something. What do you say? Like, what do you? Well, <laughs> the problem for me is I'm a loudmouth. I'm like looking at myself at my phone, right? I'm looking at my reflection. I'm like, what the freak do these people want from me? What am I supposed to say? By the way, did we even cover the like your Carol haircut? I don't even know if we told people that. We didn't. Oh, I don't know. No, I think we did. Did we? Well, bad haircut and then I went viral really fast. Yeah, and then but we didn't tell people that <laughs> you're like, by the way, how old were you when that picture was taken? Well, it was two years ago. So 33. Okay. And you're like, here's my haircut to look like I'm 75. 
It's just how she smiled it. It wasn't even that bad of a haircut. I mean, it it was just, yeah, I looked like I was 75-year-old Carol. Anyway, yeah, that happened and it was like, okay, like now what? Yeah. Now what? So when you can get tens of thousands of people to pay attention to you and you decide you want to support the the orphan myth and, and organizations involved with it, can you talk about kind of your favorite organization there and and what what kind of tugged on the heartstrings for you so i don't know if you know this or not so my my because you know my brother spencer so you never know what you know in our family we're obviously pretty open people but when when my in 1994 my parents took our family on a service mission to the philippines for a year and so we had to get it approved. We're, we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that had that just doesn't happen in our church. In fact, it's I don't think it's even happened since. So we, we had to get it approved by seven of the 12 apostles. And we had to like, it, it was no easy feat getting there. And the only thing we they my parents said was, just call us to a third world country where we can serve for just a year. My dad had just sold OGO and they just decided that this is how they wanted to spend some of that money. And for and people so who I don't know, ten- that's like a giant bag company these days. Yes. OGO is a very large company. My family is all, we're all entrepreneurs, so it's really fun. But anyway, so yeah, so I was nine. It was my like nine eight to nine years old. And so I'm obviously very impressionable. And every single day, my mom, my dad would go work for the church with the public affairs in Manila, Quezon City Mission. And my mom would take us four kids to orphanages Monday through Friday, every, like every single day. We went to leprosy colonies. We went to old folks homes. We went to orphanages and we would just serve every single day. And as a nine-year-old, surrounding myself with nine-year-old orphans it's not something that you forget you know you don't you don't forget an experience like that especially it it, it was a full year so it wasn't just like a two-week vacation or something we lived there we ate their food we spoke Tagalog we you know we really became a part of the people and when you serve people your heart does something it com- it completely changes and i'm like super emotional sorry i just remember you know thinking like if i were an orphan like how would i respond or what would i do like without parents as an 8 year old kid and it just it makes me very grateful for what i have it makes me count my blessings and i feel like where much is given much is required and now that i have this platform there's many, many people every day ask me to, you know, share so many different organizations, so many different causes. And, and it's so hard to say, no, I cannot share all of them. But this one really spoke to me specifically because of the, the orphans. And if you don't know, there's tons of orphans in the United States. This is not just like a problem in a third world country. This is a problem in this country. And anything I can do to help these children that have no voice and no one supporting them. Like I would love to be that person for them. And I pick specifically it's Ukraine without orphans. I lived in Ukraine when I was, I was teaching English there after in college, you know, I took six months and went and taught in Ukraine and 
we visited a few orphanages while we were there and served the children there and just played with them. And I picked that one specifically because I just have that connection to Ukraine as well. So I don't, I don't think that this is like a problem that will be fixed quickly or soon, but I do believe it takes everyone to solve the problem. It's not one, not one company or not one organization is going to solve this problem. It's a, it's a United States problem. You know, I think about all these great people that I've been able to have on the show that, you know, our friend Lindsay Hadley has, has been lining up here, right. For this mini series we've been doing around the orphan myth. And it's fascinating to like, I don't know, to see like, both the differences and the commonalities because some of the folks are working on the issues here in the States. Some of them are working in Kenya or Asia or Central America. Right. And yeah, it's just this idea of like universally kids do better in a forever family. Do you know what I mean? We've got all this (laughs) infrastructure from these orphanages. Can't we help them retool into being placement agencies into helping kids get forever families? Like it like, it, it makes a better society It is way better outcomes for that individual kid. You know, for us at child rescue, it, it makes it so that kid doesn't age out of foster care and become a trafficking statistic. Right. Uh, yeah. They're, they're not growing up in this, wherever they are in the world as a street kid ends up, you know, with all the kind of predators and problems and crime that happens there, you know? And I guess what's so exciting to me is there is the infrastructure. There's so many people that care. And if like, you know, if people like you can keep the focus on the rest of us finding out, oh, there's a better way than institutionalizing the kids. Let's let's go past the orphanage into helping them get forever families. That's possible. And then you hear yeah. these success stories like one of my favorite from this miniseries, a guy named Mike Gallagher. They've been supporting this this organization in Kenya called Agape. And it's like they had 200 beds for orphans, decide there's a better way, figure out we can get these kids back to their parents because so many times they actually do have parents, right? In the developing world. And we can find, they'll like research, like, is there any like obscure family member that could possibly take this kid, right? And then they yeah. they try to work to support those family members, whatever. And then they just go find a whole bunch more street kids to fill up the 200 beds. <laughs> and it's, and then they yeah. do the same thing again. And like a 200 bed facility has had like over 3,000 kids get adopted. Like that's, my, the inner investor in me is like, that's good math. That is. (laughs) They are obviously doing something right. And that's the thing. I feel like when we're talking about people's lives, it's not just, there's no quick fix. It's not like, yeah, I think forever family is the right word where it's like, no, no, no. Our goal is to get them placed in a home with love. And that's going to watch them walk on their graduation day and is going to, you know, adopt them as a child, not just as like a charity project. Yeah. Um, it's it's beautiful. It's yeah, we're meant we're meant to help our brothers and sisters and whatever we can do to do that, like we should do it. Maybe you can't adopt a child, but you can donate or you can share or ask or you know, there's so many things you can do. And the little it's funny like the little widow's mite does so much when we all put in just a little bit. Yeah. It does so much more. You know, what's funny is it's interesting how attitudes are contagious as well, though. Like, you know, I, 
I get to meet a lot of people. Like I'm kind of a pe- people person anyways. I love going to conferences and you know, I have, we've done almost 600 episodes of this show so far. And I just, I'm kind of a people collector. My wife jokes around. Okay. But your brother, <laughs> your brother is like one of the most positive, like generous, like kind human beings. It's like, he's like a tr- human tractor beam. Like you just like yeah. get sucked into the, like yeah. the Spencer tractor beam. Yes. He is truly amazing. It's funny because my parents, like, I I honestly I don't know what I did in the formal life to get my parents and my family. <laughs> I must have <laughs> snuck my way in or something. But, I mean, them taking us to the Philippines was just, you know, one thing that they did. They worked very hard to make sure that we were, were grateful. Which is and interesting in grat- Park City, a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's plenty of opportunities mm-hmm. that it, you know, there's plenty of things in your environment and your family situation that that, you know, it's not a guaranteed, not a guaranteed thing, right? Yeah. It's like, I didn't grow up thinking like, oh, I'm so rich or, oh, I had the, like, it wasn't until I left that I was like, oh, people judge people based on money. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's that? I, I don't know how they protected us from that attitude in Park City because it is a pretty bougie place, but they succeeded. They they really made us work. You know, they made us work for our cars and our things. We, we never just, I mean, we did get some stuff and we're so grateful, but they always made it a point to to work and to find success and to, you know, they didn't just give us everything and walk away and like they worked with us and they taught us so many things about the world and I'm just truly grateful. And yeah, yeah. Spencer is such a good example of just being a light and an attitude of, of gratitude is, and peace and happiness. Which is funny because he's not like a shark. Do you know, like he's not your like typical no. bar- business guy who you think is like, you know, knocking heads and taking names and making stuff happen and cracking the whip. Like, He's, yeah. he's so intelligent, but like, he reminds me more of like, like the good old boy, you know what I mean? Like he's just joking. He's constantly yeah. joking. Right. And he's like, yes. you could easily like mistake him for like, I don't know, like a social worker. Well, actually a happy social worker. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't think of like, here's a guy helping CEOs make multi-million dollar branding decisions and right. like getting offers from universities. Like, Hey, we won't make you quit your company, but will you come teach our kids anyways? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Right. And like, he, he just like, he's so, he's so friendly. He's so easy to be around. It's like a competitive advantage. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's mainly my, I think my dad really instilled that into all of us too, where it's like, Hey, like you're no better than anyone else. And tomorrow you could be bra- broke and tomorrow you could be a millionaire. Like it doesn't, Nothing defines somebody except their own soul. Like you look at them as, you know, God would look at them. You have, you cannot judge them. You cannot look down on them. Everyone has something to give. Everyone has something to offer. And I wish more people were like that. <laughs> Our world you know, would be so much better. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in your observations of your dad. You know, I don't know him nearly so well. I've only met him the once with Spencer. And you look at like, 
you know, he sells OGO. It's that's a, a pretty it's a pretty noteworthy company, at least in this part of the country, right? And then it, it's like the way Spencer explains it is like, well, then he was trying this, and then it got bigger, and then it then it got really big. Like he just keeps going on and like doing it again and again and again, and like. And then yeah, he became you like ha- a. You should inter- you should have a podcast with my dad. Oh, I'd love to have your dad on and just hear like okay, some... bag, <laughs> bag company to medical device genius like yeah to personal microdermabrasion right, real estate yeah. like when you think about what your dad does different and the incredible success he's had that you don't maybe see in in other in other folks. What do you think is different about your dad? I. Like exactly what I said. I don't think that he looks at people and judges them. I think it. he looks at them like he knows everybody. It is so weird. He, we're, we will go to the store and he'll be like, oh, Jim, my best friend from second grade. How you doing? Like he's just a friend to everyone. And he has that abundant personality. He has vision. I think a lot of people do not have vision. He definitely has vision. He believes in himself. He doesn't take no for an answer. He just figures out a way for it to work. So anytime no comes up, he'll just figure out a different way, which is tactical and strategic, right? He just believes so much in himself and in other people that he almost wills it to happen. Like it's just... (laughs) You know what's interesting about that? I think I don't about, know like, how we like get that mentality, yeah. but that's truly you know, interesting. blessed us with that. I think about my hero. Like if I ever grow up, I want to turn out like my grandpa Bridge, Jim Bridge. Okay. My mom's dad. He was just yes. like every one of his 65 grandkids thought they were his special grandkid. They were obviously delusional. It was me. But the like, you know, self-made millionaire in this little farm town of 3,000 people. He was the ran the Lions Club and he, you know, just a really influential, extremely influential individual, so much confidence, so concerned about everyone else, so absurdly friendly to where like, I have friends who feel like they were his grandpa too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know, it's something else that made me think about Spencer and maybe he got this from your dad as you were describing your dad. I thought, you know, I never get the sense with Spencer of the like agenda. What's in it for me? Like he's so never he's so genuinely helpful to others. He's like he's he's a wildly encouraging and complimentary of other people. So naturally they want to be around him. But but he's constantly like he's genuinely interested. He's not trying to change the conversation around to talk about himself. And he's not trying to figure out what's in it for himself. And I think that's part of the Spencer Tractor beam. And I think that's, that, and it's Spencer, but it's also like a Taggart trait. I think that's why I have found Instagram to be successful because it's like, what can I do for you? What's the value or connection or love that I can show you? It's the Gary V way, right? What can, What's in it for, for you? Like, it's funny because when somebody comes to you and says like, hey, what, what can I do for you? And how can I, oh my God, you know, when people come to me with ideas, it's like, oh my gosh, this, I get so excited for them. And it's like, okay, well, how can we make it work? Or how can, like, we get jazzed on helping other people, but it's such a payback for us. Cause it's like, oh, I'm, I really truly am like a cheerleader. We're a cheerleader for them. And then they become a cheerleader for us too. 
when we need it, you know, it's just, it's that connection. It's the connection of like, you're my brother, you're my sister, you're my friend. I want to be there for you. And then when, when we are in that weird place or we need something, everybody's there getting our back when that time comes, if that time comes. Yeah. Well, if people go to orphanmyth.org and they're picking who to support, tell us a little bit more about the, just give us a tiny bit more about the UK, the Ukraine group, if people want to check them out. Yeah, there are so many. And honestly, like any of the ones that you want to support is whatever you want to do. Ukraine Without Orphans is, I don't know why I picked this one specifically. I feel like it kind of jumped out at me, but they have plenty of children that need lasting care and that have no voice for themselves. Like, I don't think they have any connection other than the people that are working there. And it's it's heartbreaking because Ukraine is kind of far. There's plenty of places here in the United States where, you know, other other businesses can help or step in or project where in Ukraine, the rules are a lot different. And I think they need just a little bit of extra help. So if you want to donate, it's Ukraine without orphans. And I know what like one, one donation helps somebody literally get a family. I mean that it's like, I don't know. I'm getting emotional again, but (laughs) can you just imagine, like, can you imagine not having a family? Like, no, I, it's just heartbreaking. So. Well, to me, I, you know, go back to the name of the show, innovation and leadership, right? I love that people have banded together, you know, because these organizations are great organizations and, you know, a lot of nonprofits end up fighting for money. They, they're so worried somebody else is going to get the donation instead of them that they don't cooperate very well, you know? Yeah. And so to me, it's like, it's really, it's really great to, to see them banding together in a way that you don't often see nonprofits doing. And it is, it's magical, honestly. And like this, like better together type of approach of like, everybody's bringing their influencers to this. Everybody, you know, like, we're probably not supposed to share too much before the actual thing gets announced here, but there's some, there's some fancy people who are going to be out on the airwaves, out on the social medias, on the interwebs talking about this thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing. Who's to the table and it's going to bring attention to the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not, it, it really has a multiplier effect and, but it takes the leadership for people to go first, for people to be willing to share for, you know, for, I don't know, for people to be willing to look at things differently than they did in the past and to have the guts to yeah. go first. And I, I think it's funny because it, I really truly think it comes back to those three pillars of connection, love and value. I think that they're recognizing like, Oh wow. Yeah. We we're we're in this together. We're not competitors. We are literally trying to do the same thing and that's help these children and, and find these families. And it has been it's been beautiful and just inspiring to watch it all come out. And I'm just really grateful that I get to be a part of it for sure. Too fun. Well, thanks for doing the show here and congrats on the success. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. This is amazing. (laughs) Bye everyone.